welcome to Rheumatology Republic's In Conversation podcast. This special series is broadcast daily from the American College of Rheumatology's Convergence 2022 in Philadelphia, USA. This is Julian Segan reporting for Rheumatology Republic here at the ACR in Philadelphia 2022. It's my great honour to have one of my personal heroes here on the podcast, Dr. Mike Putman. Thank you. That's very high praise. I'm Mike Putman. I'm a rheumatologist at the Medical College of Wisconsin, where I'm an assistant professor. And so what's it like being back at the first live meeting for a couple of years? Have you found the vibe and all of the COVID things hanging over everyone's head? It's been wonderful, really. I think that you know, professional identity formation is something I think about a lot. I'm an associate partner for internal medicine and for rheumatology. And you know, getting to know your colleagues and interacting and sort of grappling with all the new things that are coming out of the pipeline, it's really important. I think there's a lot of value to being in person. And you know, it's a superficial level. I miss my friends and it's great being back and seeing people in person. So it's been exhilarating. It's been busy and at times exhausting. But just the overwhelming feeling is one of just joy getting to see people and getting to reconnect. Yeah, it's pretty amazing to connect with new people and all these interesting people over here. And so you actually do some some podcasting work and that's that's really where a lot of your fame comes from. Can you tell us a bit about your, your podcast and how that all began? Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for your kind words about it. So I run, I run the Evidence-Based Medicine podcast. It started as a project when I was a fellow because I wanted to make sure that I was still reading the medical literature and I loved listening to podcasts. So I said, maybe I'll read a study and then podcast on it. So I started doing that when I was a fellow and found that I really enjoyed it. And a lot of kind people like yourself had reached out and said that they found value in it and kind of became a thing that meant a lot to me both professionally because I get to connect with folks who are listening and then just personally as a doctor helped me stay current and kind of challenged me to be better at reading trials and better at understanding where the evidence sits. And so it's been a good experience. And I love it. But really having people come say that they listen to it always makes me happy. So thank you. <laughs> uh, I can say it's one of the highest value podcasts in medicine uh, in, in general. And we've, we've really learned a lot from it. So tell, tell us a bit about your areas of clinical and research interests and, and what you found most valuable at this meeting so far. Yeah, absolutely. So my clinical interest is in vasculitis. So I run the I run a vasculitis program at Medical College of Wisconsin. We do clinical trials, and then I also do some epidemiology work. I'm working with some database studies. I'm very interested in big data, so that's kind of like my, my growth area. I think I have two or three abstracts here using some various data sets. Then I also do, so as I have, I'm at the end of a Rheumatology Research Foundation grant, which went for two years of scientist development grant. And that funded some translational work that I was doing on chemistry, immunofluorescence using this big tissue bank from the Vasculitis Clinical Research Consortium, and then also taking fresh tissue and doing RNA sequencing on it. So those are kind of my areas of research interest within vasculitis. But, you know, I'm kind of eclectic in my research interests. So you know, the last year of my life has been devoted to researching PJP pneumonia. For some reason, I've become very passionate about that. And I also run a number of studies what I called meta research which is researching research and so what we do is we ask questions like you know, how good is our research agenda how successful are we in what we're doing what are we doing wrong we could be doing better and so I have a couple abstracts on those projects here as well one of them about unpublished trials I think unpublished trials are a huge problem we found that 17% of rheumatology trials go unpublished at 30 months another one about comparative effectiveness randomized controlled trials and the degree to which they inform clinical practice guidelines. So so it's kind of this whole other thing that's not even connected to vasculitis that I'm also involved in. And that kind of, I think, syncs up nicely with the, the podcast that we do. So it's all about 
you know, what is the data and how do we interpret the data? And it's kind of like an epistemology perspective to all of it. Yeah, and I think I think one of the traps that we fall into as younger clinicians is we just believe the the data is is real or it tells the the story that it says that it's telling or that we believe that the, the that the eminent people the professors who run these studies just because they run them that these are going to be good studies. So what do you think we need to do in future to actually improve if you if you could design health funding for example or, or research funding? That's a good question. You know, I actually I, so yeah, let me just dive right into this. You know, I think that people often bemoan the influence of pharmaceutical companies, and I have a holistic view of this, which is that, you know, I think that pharmaceutical companies are very valuable. They've developed a lot of treatments that have been hugely beneficial for our patients, and they do sink a lot of funding into running randomized controlled trials. I started doing some projects a while ago, sort of evaluating the quality of trials, and I was young and naive, and I expected to find all sorts of problems, but what I really found was that pharma trials are better than a lot of the other trials that people run, and so that was an eye-opening experience, and I don't think there's too much that we can do to fix that aside from more advocacy from the FDA. So, you know, really, if I were to be able to accomplish one thing to improve our research agenda, it would be the introduction of large-scale, minimal data collection, randomized controlled trials that are pragmatic in nature. I think that there's an enormous wealth of interest, interest in generating new data for our patients, and the process of randomization or, or randomizing people is a really magical thing. It's the best way to generate data that you can believe. And so a lot of my passions, you know, interest in RCTs, interest in comparative effectiveness research, and then interest in just building community at, at large, I think kind of comes together. And if I had a vision for the future that I could just impose, it would be that all of us find big pragmatic trials where we would randomize people to therapeutic interventions and see how they work. I mean, if you ask yourself in sarcoidosis, what is the first-line therapy? Nobody knows. Ask yourself in myositis, should I lead with methotrexate, azathioprine, mycophenolate, tacrolimus, or IVIG, or some combination of the above? Nobody knows. And it's kind of unconscionable that we don't know the answer to those questions. And I think that we could answer them. So that would be my, my big fix if I could have one. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic because it's really the diseases that we have strong passions for that are the rare diseases that we can't really study very well and it becomes really hard to answer very specific questions. So yeah, it's, it's great to have people like you advocating for that and, and trying to change the paradigm. And I guess my last question, if you were going to come to Australia ever, what's, what's one thing that you've heard about Australia that you wish were true or that is just absolutely crazy. <laughs> That's a great question. If I were, so a, I would love to come to Australia. So if anyone wants to host me there, please let me know. Uh, and one thing that I've heard about that's absolutely crazy. I mean, I think that I, I don't think I have too many crazy ideas about Australia. I, I'd say that uh, the role of dingoes in the society is probably overstated in my imagination. I have this perception that there's many dingoes and the people are very scared of them. So that's probably mostly imaginary. So other than that, I mean, I think I, I have a very high opinion of Australia. I'd love to spend some time there. So yeah, maybe someday soon. That sounds good. And, and when you come out to Australia, we'll arrange for a dingo tour for you. <laughs> As, so it's been my absolute pleasure to have Mike Putman here. It's a real honor to have such a prestigious researcher. Thank you again for doing the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. So this is Julian Segan reporting for Rheumatology Republic at ACR 2022 in Philadelphia. Rheumatology Republic In Conversation podcast is brought to you by the Medical Republic team. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, iTunes or your favourite podcast player. You also might like our podcast, The Tea Room, to keep up with the general practice of healthcare and running a successful clinic. 
But for the latest news and views about rheumatology, check out the Rheumatology Republic website, www.rheuma.com.au. There you can easily subscribe to our email newsletter or print copies of the Rheumatology Republic magazine. We love to keep you informed, so thanks for tuning in. 